Hello, good morning, good afternoon. My name is Emily Kaufman. I'm your host, and today we're joined by Tony from Tips with Tony. She's a dietitian and recently gave a TED talk called Once Upon a Fairy Tale. And it's talking about these cycles that we go into with our dieting and with our eating and how they're so similar to our dating patterns, right? Like if you get stuck in these same relationships where it's the same guy, just a different name, or you keep getting sucked into the new diet which has the same promises but never delivers. There are so many parallels between the cycles that you're stuck in with dating and the cycles that you're stuck in with eating. And so that's what we're going to break down for you today. But before we go into the conversation, I just wanted to remind you that if you are in a place where you want to start living a healthier lifestyle, but you're sick of following these plans that other people lay out for you, right? There's just the generic meal plans or generic workout programs. And you're like, I just need to find something that fits my lifestyle that I can build out for myself, right? No one knows you better than yourself. Then come join our six-week Beyond the Hype boot camp. So it's not a workout program. It's not a nutrition plan. We talk all about the habits and sustainability of building your own plan that you can actually stick to, commit to, and see results from. So if you're interested in this, go to emilykaufman.org slash beyond the hype. The link is in the bio below. So go check it out. I'm excited to see you and let's get started. Hey guys, today we are joined by Tony, and she's a registered dietitian and the owner of Diet Tips with Tony, where she provides online nutrition coaching. She works with busy working women who struggle knowing how to eat to fuel their bodies optimally so they can have energy and self-confidence to live a life of freedom. She recently gave a TED Talk and is working on her first book, where she discusses the parallels between dieting, dating, and romantic relationships, and that's what she's on to talk about today. I'm so excited that you're here, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background and how you became a dietitian. Yeah, well, I grew up on Long Island, New York, and I had a very happy childhood. I was very blessed to be part of a big Greek and Italian family. But as you know, with Greek and Italian, the Greek and Italian culture, if you don't know, it's lots of food, lots of love, but lots of food. Um, and with that, I, I you know, was I also was overweight and, you know, I played sports and I started to, at some point, you know, whether it was being teased at school for my weight or not being really noticed by, you know, I noticed all my friends had boyfriends and I didn't have a boyfriend until I was like 18 years old. And I just like went my whole childhood, like never getting attention from men. And so basically I blamed a lot of stuff on my weight. And I kind of was like, you know, because I'm overweight, I'm not worthy of love. And I don't even realize it at the time, to be honest. It was more subconscious. Like looking back now, it's easier to kind of see that stuff. Um, but my weight was like something that was always on my mind. And so when you're so focused on a number on a scale or the way that you look, you know, and what you then you see what stuff happens in the magazines and what your friends are doing and you see things on social media. Although back then social media was like just starting. It wasn't really a thing. <laughs> um, but either way, the point is, is that like you turn outside of yourself to make all these changes. So you see that you think restriction's the answer, but really it's actually part of the problem because as you probably know, is when you restrict too much, then food is like, then you can't control yourself around food. And so I would go through that cycle of under eating and then overeating. And then I would exercise excessively. And it was just this vicious cycle. And I was not happy. 
I was always feeling like I was just fighting with myself and it was just a really, I wasn't, it wasn't a good place for me to be. So long story short, um, I started to really focus on how food makes me look. I started to stop focusing on how food makes me look and started focusing on how food made me feel. And I really used that as my guide. And I started to, instead of like restricting calories, cutting out whole food groups, I really just started to pay attention and make little swaps along the way. And I really started to simplify my nutrition rather than like extra overcomplicate things. And I, there was like something there and something I wanted to know more about. So I decided to go to school to become a registered dietitian. And as I started learning in school, I kept applying to my lifestyle. And I kind of noticed not only, it wasn't, honestly, at some point, I don't even think I was like weighing myself anymore. You know, people were noticing me and I was started to, I think I was just giving off like a ever essence, like just like a good, like positive energy, positive vibe and a good like I had this glow about me because I was genuinely happy because I started to exercise to make me, because it was like good for my mental health, not so much to like try to punish myself to make room for calories. And I started to listen to my hunger cues and I started to just like really pay attention to things. And so obviously that didn't happen overnight, like to become a dietitian, because you know, it takes a very long time. But throughout that whole process, I like, it became more and more clear to me that being a dietitian was what I was meant to be. And I actually like look back at myself as a child and I'm like almost, I am, I'm grateful that I was made fun of for my weight. I know that sounds a little weird, but it's really what led me to where I am today. And I'm really grateful to now help people who were in a position where I once was. Yeah, no, that's a great story. Because, you know, you mentioned that a lot of these thoughts that you had, like, they're almost subconscious thoughts, you know, you weren't saying my weight is why the boys don't like me and all of this. But, you know, if you see that messaging around you, then it's like, that's what you start to believe. And so when you started to make those first transitions of focusing on nutrition more, learning about that, was the motivation behind that still weight loss? Or did you ever get to a point where you're like, you know, I am what I am, like, I'm not going to focus on that anymore? So I think subconsciously, even when I told myself it wasn't about weight loss, it was always about weight loss. I would, to be honest with you, I even as even when I was an RD, you know, just because we're credential doesn't mean we're not human. As much as I tried to switch the focus, I feel like it was something that I just like needed to do to prove to myself that like I could, you know, because it's interesting, you know, when you are genetically overweight, it's a lot harder for you to obviously lose weight. There's a lot to say about our genes, not that it's not possible, but everyone's dealt a different hand, right? So, you know, weight loss for me was challenging and even at a point where I was metabolically healthy, right? So meaning I was eating well, I was super healthy. Aesthetically, there was a goal that I just felt like I needed to prove to myself. And believe it or not, I got there maybe like two or three years ago. And, but it took me, it was just like so unrealistic. Like it was just like, I put so much pressure on myself to get this one, to one, this one like number. And when I got there, I still wasn't happy. And I was like, like I was happy. I wasn't saying I'm not unhappy. I just was like, oh, let me see what I could do five more pounds. And I was like, and it, it was like, I saw myself teetering on going back to like when I was struggling as a teenager and like that disordered eating patterns of like restriction. And, and it was like, I caught myself fortunately. And I also, I talk about this more in my book, but I started getting a lot of like health complications, a lot of like gut issues, bloating, extreme fatigue. Like I pushed myself, I pushed myself way too much. And then that's when I made the shifts. I had no choice, but it was a great, I was like, 
it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me as a person and in my career as an RD because it really made me understand like there's a line. There's a line and everyone's line is different, but I know what I do not, how I don't want to feel. I know where I don't want to be like, and I've had to then shift in being okay with my body where it's at based off of what I'm capable of doing right now in this moment at my age, at where my job is with my career, you know, and I, that's what I teach my clients. Like there's stages of life and there are stages where certain things take precedence, certain things take priority. And, you know, we never want to neglect our nutrition because it obviously matters, but we also, it doesn't need to be like the number one thing that's like put on a pedestal. Cause that's not really healthy either. That's where we can get a little bit obsessive. So it's starting, it's finding your balance of being able to take care of yourself and then also being happy with wherever your body arrives at when you start to actually engage in those healthier behaviors. Yeah. No, I love that you mentioned about that line too. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. It's that line of, okay, I could do more or like I could get to this other goal that I set to myself, but it's going to make me feel this way. It's going to take up so much more of my energy. It's like pushing yourself past that point of like, it's not worth it anymore. So it's like, yeah, you know, like sometimes those last five pounds, it's like, is that worth it? Or sometimes, you know, pushing yourself to PR in the next race, like, is that worth it? And so I think that I love that you have like an actual, like you're like, it's a line of like, <laughs> I'm drawing myself there. I know I could do it, but I'm going to back off. Right. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you can't. Like just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. There's many things that we can do, but that doesn't mean we should do them. Like if you want to do it just to prove to yourself, but then it comes back to like, who are you trying to prove? Like, is it really for yourself? Because if I didn't grow up with all these societal pressures, you know, being told you're overweight and feeling the need that you needed to be smaller right? And then being put in a position as a leader where you're expected to know it all, do it all. And I was even, you know, so even when I had lost some weight, like I still, I've always been like almost like a, like a curvier girl, a bigger girl. And I guess, you know, society's perception of what a registered dietitian should look like. Same thing with personal trainers. They get it too. It's like personal trainers are expected to need to have like, like a specific body type to be quote unquote qualified. And I was criticized a few times as an RD for being like, I once, I'll never forget this. Like, I think it was like about four years ago. And, um, the, a woman literally said to me, how are you going to help me if you're overweight too? Like, I was like, (laughs) and at that time it wasn't my own business, right? It was like, I was working for another company. I understand this woman wasn't really like, I, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but the point is, is like, I don't even think she realized that's what I'm saying. Like I, but at the same time, I I can't not hear that. Like as much, it's still going to affect me. Like it definitely triggered my childhood 100%. And like, yeah, it's going to affect you. Yeah. I don't even know why I said that. I forgot what the question is. (laughs) No, I think that's so important though, because you know, I'm sure she wasn't, I mean, maybe she was trying to be harmful, but in her head, she's like, okay, like if someone else is heavier, then they also can't be healthy and like they can't teach me anything. You know, there's just so many stereotypes that are there. And so, yeah, it is hard to, you know, tell yourself, okay, I can do it, but I don't want to, especially when you have these other things. Right. So I guess, so that, that I remember now what we were talking about, like, I when when I if I was really truly being honest with myself in those moments, I wasn't trying to lose the extra five pounds for me. It was like trying to prove something to society. Like 
yeah, I know that I know every, I mean, I've been a dietitian now for seven years and I've had a podcast for, I was a co-host to a podcast for four. I've had my own for almost three. Like I've like, I've blogging for 10 years. Like I've always been heavily invested in learning everything and anything there is to know about nutrition. Like I pride myself on really being the expert in the field. And so I think there was part of me that felt like I needed to look a certain way to almost prove that I know as much as I do, you know? And I know a lot of registered dietitians can relate to that because I also in society, people don't know the difference between a nutritionist or a nutrition coach and a registered dietitian. It's, it's hard for people to understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's an important thing to bring up. And then that kind of leads me now into your Ted talk that you just gave. So it was called once upon a diet. I was wondering if you talk a little bit more about your messaging there and like what you shared. Like the gist of it was I share a little bit of, you know, what I just shared with you guys is that I grew up overweight and I went to school to be an RD, but the part that I didn't really talk about here, which I talk about in the talk and also what's going to be in my book is, you know, simultaneously, I was also, you know, getting into relationships with men that just like weren't good fits for me. And I related to it. Like I didn't realize it until I started, I, I may say this in the TED talk, like I dated five versions of the same guy just with a different name and a different face. And it's like really true. So, and like how many people do you know, jump from diet to diet and it looks like a different diet, just in a different book, like the same thing on the, it's like, doesn't matter what kind of diet it is at the core of it, it's restriction, right? So it doesn't matter. Like, that the guy is like a different age and, you know, comes from, a, went to a different school or something. Like I just had like this type that just was just not a good fit. I just kept looking, I was looking for the wrong things. And what I, one thing that I noticed about myself is I was just somebody who was just always on the go, always doing, and I never took that time to pause, to reflect and to be introspective. And that's the premise of what I want people to do. It's like, there's not really, there's no real diet that's like, quote unquote, bad for you. It's just, there's a lot of them that are just like not worth your time. And then there's some of them that often like, you can learn some things, but it's not meant to be your forever diet, right? Just like in relationships, there's so many healthy relationships. So good, positive relationships and the negative relationships, either way, they've taught you something. We just need to really look at them and then use that information going forward, you know? And so that's kind of the premise of the talk. And then the book that I'm writing goes even deeper into that because the the book was like an idea that I had after I decided to do the TED Talk where I was just like, because I was trying to, the TED Talk had to be eight minutes and I had so much to say in eight minutes. <laughs> like, how do I, how do I make this only eight minutes? And then I realized like, you know what? This is, I guess, something told me to write a book. There's so many similarities between the relationships and the diets. And I guess, you know, when you like look at it, you know, and with relationships, it's really easy to be like passive and thinking like, oh, like I should be able to do this. I should be able to like make this the fit for me. And same thing with diets, you know, like you see everyone else doing it. So you're like, oh, I, I can pick up keto. This can be the thing for me. And then, you know, you feel like it's not a good mesh. Like you feel like it's not a good fit and you kind of put that back on yourself. Well, yeah, part of it is, is putting it on yourself for sure. And then I think part of it is you just, you want it to work so badly. So it's that just like, you just, 
you want, I'll never forget like my last boyfriend who really was not good for me, but like it was the third long-term relationship I had ever had that I'd introduced to my family for the third time. I'm 30 years old. Like, you know, not that my family cares, but they do care subconsciously. They want me to get married. They want me to, you know what I mean? I know for myself, I don't want that, but yet you can't help but get caught up in that stuff. And so you just like so badly want it to work that you like make excuses for those things that are just clearly red flags. And the thing that people get so they, what they get, what they get so mixed up in is like for a relationship to work and for a nutrition plan to work there is some sort of compromise that needs to put into place, right? We can't expect to eat, you know, every food in the world all the time without a vegetable, you know, like there's, we have to, there's balance. There has to be intention. You have to move your body. Like, you know, it's not as complicated as making people make it, people make it seem to be, but like at the same time, like you do have to put effort forward and there is compromise. It's being able to like, you know, say no thank you to a night where your girlfriends are going out when you're like, my body really needs rest right now. And I know that going out, it just means to like more drinking, more eating and me not feeling well. Like, and you can, it's like picking and choosing between how often you do that. Right. It's not saying you don't never do it, but it's like picking and choosing and stuff like that. So all that's to say that what people think is required for like a diet to work or a relationship to work is sacrifice and they confuse compromise with sacrifice and that's what screws us up you know like you should not have to, you shouldn't feel in a relationship or on a diet that you can't do the things that you used to love and enjoy like if you get anxious to go out with your girlfriends whether it's because your boyfriend's a jealous person or it's because you are you don't know what foods to eat and you're fearful that it's going to quote unquote ruin your diet that's not okay that's something to look at that's that's worth a conversation whether it's a conversation with yourself or a conversation with your partner or making a decision that maybe this plan really this diet plan that if it's like i, I say this in the talk as well like you know it if it requires you to eat out of Tupperware container and never leave your house, like it's probably not going to last more than six months, like whatever that diet plan is. Like, and that's amazing if you can make it last like more than two weeks, but <laughs> like, that's just not what, and that's what, pe- that's, that's what screws us up. It's like, we think of relationships as these, like, you know, whatever we see in the media and that's what it's supposed to look like. And the same thing is with, with diets. It's like, so we need to eat out of Tupperware container and everything needs to like be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then you failed and you screwed up. And like, that's just not true. Yeah. No, I love what you said there of it takes compromise, but it doesn't take sacrifice. Like there is not one part of your life they have to give up completely to have a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> well, then that's another thing too. The purpose of a nutrition plan is to elevate your lifestyle right? It's to be able to make you live more freely, more happy, more energized, to do more of the things that you love, not to miss out on the things that you love. And if the relationship that you're in makes you feel a very like, um, like you can't do the things that you love, you can't be yourself. That's, that's not the relationship to be in. A relationship is two whole people, and it's okay if you're learning to grow together sort of a situation, but it's knowing who you are, and then that person just makes that those parts come out more, like just by being a good energy, a good support system. It's not their responsibility to make you better. 
but you know, what's, if you, that there's like, then what's the point of that relationship if they're making you worse or making you feel less than? Yeah. That's kind of like a good self-check to have. It's like, okay, is this plan or relationship kind of uprooting my life? Am I having to change all these things about myself in order to do this? Cause that's when, you know, it's like, okay, that's not actually elevating your life. Yeah. You don't need to turn your lifestyle upside down to make things work. If anything, the nutrition plans, that's why following a nutrition plan, although it can be educational, it's not really the answer, right? It's, it's taking a look at what you're currently doing and finding little ways to make changes and shifts and modifications and swaps so that it could be that part of your lifestyle. Yeah. So for you, like you went through this journey, what triggered you to be like, this is enough, like this diet's too much, this relationship isn't for me? What made that shift for you? Um, I think it was honestly, I mean, I've always been introspective, but I think I needed a help, meaning so I started going to therapy. And I think it's like, as much as we want to help ourselves, it's we can get her in our own way and we can tell ourselves stories and, you know, it, it's like you need a buffer. And I started to notice the patterns when I would, I was going to therapy every week and I started seeing her when I was in my previous relationship. And one thing that we had um, identified was like, I was, I needed to, I knew that I had to make the, I knew I needed to make the breakup happen. I knew he wasn't good for me, but I kept shifting my thoughts to like how he would feel, like how he would react, how upsetting it would make him. And it was like so obvious that I wasn't listening to me and doing what I needed to do for me. And then the same thing would happen with, and then even though it wasn't happening simultaneously, like the nutrition stuff, I kind of figured out first, that's when I started to realize like, okay, that's what I was doing in my nutrition journey. And when I stopped looking outward and started looking inward and actually honoring that and started to pay attention to the way that my body felt and started to listen to my hunger cues, that's when like I've had this food freedom that I've never felt before that was so liberating. And that's literally what I decided to apply when I was like, okay, he's not going to like it. He's going to be disappointed. He's going to be upset. It's going to hurt. I'm going to cry. He's going to cry. It's going to be a hot mess, but I know it's what I need to do. And literally after that was just like when my whole, just everything in my life just got better. And I think that's what happens when you pay attention to you, but it helps to have someone honestly just like bounce back, just repeat back, you know, just to listen. And just to like, when you go to therapy every week and you find yourself saying the same thing over and over again, you're just like, you know, this woman's probably tired of me saying this. (laughs) Maybe I should like change the script a bit. (laughs) Yeah. You like have that little bit of intuition in you of like, okay, this probably isn't working for the long run. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I know that you kind of mentioned it in the Ted talk too, but the whole like honeymoon phase, we get trapped in that in relationships, but also with the dieting of, you know, when you see those initial results, maybe you do drop a pound or two really fast and you're in this honeymoon phase of like, this is amazing. And then it's like, once you get out of that. Right. And that's when people don't realize is that like, especially with like a lot of people are just like after that chase. So in my book, I talk about this a little bit deeper. Um, There's like two people, there's the planters and planters. Oh my God. I I forgot it. Anyways, basically there's two types of people in the world. One that like, kind of like just 
really just it's like always after that chase, like always after like the high of whether it's a new relationship, whether it's a new diet. And then when that fizzles and fades, they jump to the next thing, right? Planters and jumpers. There we go. So then they like just jump to the next thing because they're just trying to, they want another sort of like something quick, something fast, something exciting. That's what they're chasing. And the reality is, is that, you know, like in relationships and even in nutrition plans and everything, it's like, there are, there are highs and lows, but honestly, like the things that actually work that are successful and that like are sustainable, like isn't so exciting and isn't so sexy. It's kind of just like pretty okay. Really most like, it's okay. Like it's not, it's not like amazing. And then, you know, your relationships can have like those, those peaks and valleys. And obviously we don't want the highs and lows cause that's not healthy, but we want like something steady. And then we want to be able to like kick it up a notch every now and then, but then like be okay with steady and like know that sometimes it's gonna not be so great and money and like that. So all that to say, like, so a lot of people just want to like recapture the honeymoon phase. And then we have the people that I think we were just talking about a little bit earlier is like those planters, which I was, is like wanting it to work so badly, wanting to like replicate the honeymoon phase, like wanting, like remembering the honeymoon phase and just being like, no, this has to be it. This has to work for me. Like it worked at one point. Why is it not working now? And they just like, just push, push, push. And then just realize that like something, either this isn't a good fit or things need to change. The conversation needs to happen. Things need to be tweaked, but what you're doing and just like trying to get a different result by repeating the same thing over and over and over again, it's just not gonna, it's just not gonna work in the long run. Yeah. And both type of people, like they have their own like problems that they're trying to like work through, right? Like there's different recommendations for each situation. Of course, of course, you know, yeah. I mean, I I think though at the core, they both want the same thing. They just handle things differently. At the core, everybody wants love and attention and to be accepted. That's like at the core of all this stuff. So, but the way in which we do that is different just based on the way that we're wired. Yeah, no, that's so important, you know, like, when a lot of people think about their whys of different things, you're right that like that is at the core of like why we do a lot of things. So what do you recommend to people, you know, that were in your shoes if they find themselves just in the cycle of dieting, in this cycle of bad relationships? How do you kind of break out of that? Yeah. So, I mean, so I do, I do want to just preface this by saying I'm not a relationship expert. I am a nutrition expert, not a relationship expert. So I'm not going to really give you advice, although there's parallels and I hope it gets you thinking I'm not going to give you relationship advice other than like the goal. And what I say in the book is, you know, pay attention and journal and be, be like, look, you know, like pause in between, like you don't have to be in a relationship to be happy. Just like you don't need to be on a diet to be happy. Like, you know, a lot of that stuff for the nutrition stuff. We go a little dive, dive a little bit deeper and I could do that with you guys today, which is, you know, the first thing we need to do if you really want to stop the binge restrict cycle or the dieting cycle, whether you have an eating disorder or you have disordered eating patterns, um, then you really want to, and it's easier said than done, but you have to really truly know that there really are no good or bad foods. Eating certain foods don't make you a good person or a bad person. All foods really do fit. And what I want you to learn from that is now figuring out how do they fit for you? Now, obviously foods that don't fit if you're allergic, obviously that doesn't work for you, right? Um, or maybe you have a high sensitivity to something, but in reality, in, in, in all, all foods fit. Now, like I said earlier, if you 
only eat um, those foods that you probably have deemed as quote unquote bad. So fried foods, sugary foods, sweets, like all that stuff, then yeah, you're not going to feel so great. Right. And then on the other side, if you only eat super healthy food and you don't leave room for any of that stuff, eventually you're going to feel deprived and it could lead to that binging, right? Or to lead to the overeating, right? So it's really being able to find the balance within you. And what I usually incorporate and tell people to do is just start by including all food groups, you know, and really focus on those nutrient dense foods most of the time. And then when you have a craving for something that maybe would is quote unquote, like I say less healthy, because I really don't believe that there's like healthy and non-healthy foods. I feel like, you know, what's healthy to you and what's healthy to me are completely different and they should be, and they're based off of like our goals, our likes, our dislikes. Like for example, for some people, like eating, eating a cookie when you normally would never allow yourself to eat a cookie and being able to have like one, two, maybe even three cookies and not feel guilty is that's like really awesome progress. And that's something to celebrate. And that's actually considered a healthy choice. Like that's something with my clients. I'm like, I'm really proud of you. Right. Whereas the person that is trying to really get a handle on feeling like they can't go a day without any kind of sweet and they kind of feel like scattered and all over the place. The fact that they said no, thank you to a cookie is amazing. Right. And then that's, that's healthy for them you know, we are going to celebrate that. So it's really being able to be honest with yourself and asking yourself, like, where am I struggling the most? Am I struggling more so on feeling foods and like deeming foods as good and bad and restricting myself and then overdoing it? And, you know, am I there or am I kind of like always in free for all range and I need to kind of like reel it in a little bit, maybe add some fruit, add some more veggies, excuse me, some lean proteins. And like start to just like pay attention to where maybe these extra calories or extra things are kind of adding up. So it's different for everyone, but at the core, it's really understanding that all foods really do fit and knowing that what that looks like for you in portions are going to be different than the person next to you. Yeah. I like what you said of like, you know, the healthy is going to look different for everyone. Because if you've only been restricting, then healthy is adding in the more junk food. Or if that's all you've been having, then healthy is adding in nutrient dense food. It's everyone is going to get there in a different way, but it's just kind of getting to that end goal of all food is kind of neutral. It doesn't have a moral value. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then I would add to that and say um, that when we talk about healthy, most people think of healthy as just physical health. But if I've learned anything in the past, you know, however many years I've been trying to change my own eating habits and teaching others to do the same, healthy is mental and physical health. So if something is going to stress you out, give you extreme anxiety. And even if it's a salad, that's not healthy, right? It's like going to a restaurant and really wanting the cheeseburger, but having crazy anxiety and then having either the salad or the cheeseburger, whatever you choose and feeling really bad about it. Those, those, you, either way you put it, none none of those options are healthy because we're not dealing with your mental health. So when you can confidently 
sometimes have a salad because that's what makes you feel good and it supports your physical and mental health. And then sometimes you have a cheeseburger because that's what makes you feel good and it supports your mental and physical health because physically you know that if you only eat healthy, it leads to overeating and binging, which then adds to that cycle. Then that's a healthy choice. So it's remembering that when it comes to your health, it's not just your physical health. It's a combination of your physical and your mental health. Yeah. I love that reminder. It's really taking that holistic approach to it. And then my last question for you here is, is there any like last message either from your book or your talk or just from working with clients that you'd like to leave someone who's, you know, struggling through this right now, but is like really working on themselves? What would you tell them? Yeah. Well, first of all, kudos to you. Like, I think that the, anybody who is actively trying to work on themselves to make themselves better is, you know, in my mind, going to be really successful in this world. Because I think that's what sets people apart from being successful and kind of just staying in the mundane of things as the person who really looks for answers and wants help and reaches out for help and gets support and is open to learning. So with that, I'll just say really try to, you know, if you follow certain people on social media that maybe make you feel less than or talk and preach about restrictive diets and rigid meal plans and all the things that maybe you've tried. You probably, I'm just going to assume you probably have tried before and have left you feeling like a failure, which you're not. By the way, those plans are not meant for you to stay on long term. If anything, they're meant to make you fail. So you come back, you know, it's just not um, realistic for your long-term success. So all that to say, definitely guard yourself from following certain people that trigger any of those things that just are very uncomfortable for you and surround yourself with people who understand you and who get you listening to this podcast is a great start. So you're already doing a good job, right? This is someone who knows her stuff, who's knowledgeable, who, you know, really has a great message. So just like keep positive people in your ears and follow those who you want to, you know, emulate in some way. If you're striving for healing your relationship with food and achieving food freedom, you need to then surround yourself with people who have similar messaging like that. Yeah. No, I love that advice. And I love this whole conversation. Thank you so much for sharing, Tony. Um, I just want to give you a minute now to talk about how they can find you, work with you and where you're at. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. For where people can find me, um, if you are looking to manage emotional eating, which is where I specialize in, I would recommend going to my website, www.tipswithtony.com, and you could actually get access to a free webinar. Um, but Or if you just want to, like, like I was saying, follow along and follow someone who's just not going to preach restrictive things that you're kind of maybe tired of seeing. Like I'm very active on Instagram where I, you, I could be found at tips with Tony. So tips underscore with underscore Tony with an I. Awesome. And I'll include all those links below. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at girls gone healthy podcast at girls gone healthy podcast come say hi come say what's up i'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content see you next time this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com